Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to happy, successful relationships boils down to two things, your attention and your intention. And I've been talking about the importance of focusing your attention and setting your intention for a long while now. What I haven't done is explain the difference and how these two concepts work together to bring happiness and success to all of your relationships. Your attention activates and your intention transforms. And today I'm gonna teach you how to do both. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Well, hi, you're here with me. Hello. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You can call me Abby. Uh, Thank you to the people who have left reviews for the podcast. Really appreciate it. I've seen some ratings on Spotify and some reviews. Please, please, please. Did I mention please? If you haven't yet, uh, please do that. Really helps me out and really helps us spread the word of world peace. And if you're watching on YouTube um, and you can see the fabulous shirt I'm wearing today, I don't know how you're missing out on my fabulous shirt if you're just listening, but... <laughs> But, um, you know, like, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff, forward the video to friends, you know, whoever you think it could help. So here we are, and I'm 
you know, today is one of those times when I am just getting down to some basics, some real basics that I talk about literally every day with my clients. And I think about every day in my own life. These are things I do. And these are the two areas that have really changed my whole, my whole life, you know, really transformed my life. And I've seen it transform my, my clients' lives, which is uh, why I keep doing it and why I keep teaching it. And I, again, have talked about little pieces of this before, but never sort of all together. And it really, no matter what else you do, if you don't apply these two things, attention and intention, you're missing a huge part of the work in being happy and really connecting with yourself and with other people. So let's talk about it. Um, so let's, you know, I'm going to split them up, of course. So let's first talk about attention. And attention is, I'm trying to think of an easy way to say it, is just basically where you place where you put your mental focus. I'm sure you've heard someone say uh, where your attention goes, energy flows. And that is exactly what happens. When you, when you place your awareness on something specific, you're basically making it a priority in that moment. You're saying it's important. Now, really think about that. You're, as soon as you attend to something, put your attention on it, you're saying it's important. Now, other people pick up on that. So if my child is, you know, when they were little, you know, mommy, look, mommy, look, and I would stop and look, I would give my attention to it. I'm letting them know that I think this thing's important that they're trying to get my attention about. And I'm sharing that with them because obviously they think it's important or they wouldn't be yelling, mommy, look. Uh, <laughs> and so it works in wonderful ways like that where we it can really connect us and really help us, you know, um, feel loved and and show love. And then it can work against us when we're really paying a lot of attention to how your partner chews with their mouth open or the things that they say that you don't like or how your boss is always in a bad mood or when we're putting our attention there, I'm going to talk about the brain later too in this, as you know, I always do, uh, that you're saying to the universe, to yourself, to everybody, this is the most important thing in my day, how my partner is chewing. In the, this meal that we're having together, this is the most important part. <laughs> That's what you're saying. So I, I understand you're not saying it out loud and you're thinking, well, I'm just thinking it to myself. I'm not saying it to anyone, but come on, we, you know, what you're thinking about and what you're focusing on is all relating absolutely to your mood because we feel the way we think. So whatever, even if you don't say it out loud, if your attention is somewhere, you're feeling about it. And I don't know that that's where you want to be. So, you know, and re as you're listening right now, you might be realizing how many things you give your attention to that really aren't that important to you. I mean, it would be so much better to put your attention on getting fit, spending quality time with your partner, putting in your best effort on that project at work. But when it comes to these things, we, we often find that we, you know, don't have the energy or, you know, we look up after an hour of scrolling through social media and realize we no longer have time or the energy or the bandwidth to go to the gym or just do anything else that we said we were going to do. And it's because, you know, your attention is fueled by your willpower. 
And I did a whole episode on willpower just last week. I spent a long time. It was a longer episode. If you haven't listened yet, I hope you do because it's a change your life episode. How do you like that? I'm going out there saying it's a change your life episode. So spend the time. You know, I think of my episodes, you know, these, the podcast episodes a lot as um, trainings. They're like, I, I mean, these are things I teach in organizations and teach to clients. And, you know, just because you're getting something without paying <laughs> doesn't mean that it's not super valuable. That's how I make every one of these. These are meant to be very valuable to you. And so if you kind of saw it in your head, maybe like, oh, I'm doing a training every week with Abby, uh, that might be a different way to approach it so that you do it. Because maybe, so some of you love when the episodes are longer. I get emails, you're like, oh, I love it. I, you know, it was so great to have so much time with you. And other people are like, I listened to it on 1.5 speed. Why do you go on and on? And actually very few people do that anymore. I think we've gotten rid of them. Uh, you know, this, I do it, I talk as long as the information is there. I do not look at my podcast episodes and go, oh, this should be 30 minutes or this is 45. I just you know, I kind of write up my outline, I figure out what I want to say, and that's how long the episode is. It's however long it takes to get my point across. That's kind of how I see it. And uh, so, you know, I know that one was a little longer on willpower, but I really want you to to listen, watch, whatever. Uh, go to the website and read the corresponding blog post about it, however you do it. Because again, your attention is fueled by your willpower, by your emotional bandwidth. And the things that are likely the most important to you take up more of your willpower. They use more of your emotional bandwidth. Unlike looking at blooper videos of your favorite sitcom on YouTube, right? It's different now, but I want to talk about what this is. So I get that it's a little more in one way, but it's actually worse for you to be doing those sort of what we call sort of shallow things. And I don't mean shallow, like in a really judgy way. I mean, things that don't go deep. There's an amazing book. One of my favorite books I read last year, year before, a couple years ago, it's been a while, um, by Cal Newport. And it's called, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Deep Work, Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. And it is brilliant. It's one of the, you know, one of my top books. And in it, he talks about imagining your attention as a currency. So really, I want you to sit for a minute and really focus here. <laughs> so throughout, here's how he explains it. Throughout the day, you can spend that currency, that attention, it's a, you know, right, on things that are expensive, or you can spend it, your attention on things that are cheap. And here's what's interesting. Things like reading, writing, any, any kind of deep work you might do, you know, like if I'm working on the podcast and I'm researching and I'm writing, that's deep work. If I'm, you know, reading a book like that, if I'm having an important conversation with my partner, um, that's deep work. If I'm calling my best friend and we're on the phone for a little bit, that's deep work. These are things that require attention. Maybe sometimes, you know, I get really into, I love cooking. As many of you know, I love baking and cooking. I get really into it. I get into a flow state, deep work. Okay. When I'm, when I'm cooking and doing those things. And anything really usually that's meaningful activities, our meditation practice, our prayer practice, our you know journaling, all that, those are more meaningful activities and they require, so get this, I want you to really hear it. They require more of your sort of attention units or you know currency. They, they, you have to, they require more of your attention, but they cost you less when it comes to building your attention reserves. 
So in other words, the more you do that kind of stuff, the better you get at paying attention. Uh, so it's kind of like those activities are cheap, really, because they build your ability to hold your attention longer in the future, right? So you're kind of getting them on the cheap in a way, <laughs> right? So again, your attention is like a currency. So you go deep, but those things really pay off and they and in a in a big way on the other side. Now, on the flip side, you've got, again, what I was calling like kind of shallow work, you know, anything like updating your Facebook status, posting something on Instagram, watching videos on YouTube, playing games on your phone. These activities require way less of your attention, right? They require so much less. They're so easy, you know, in a moment. But get this, they cost you more of it. They lead to something that, again, I've talked about before called attention residue. And what that does is it means that when you do it later, it's harder to keep attention. And so when you do those things, it sets you up for having a shorter and a more inattentive attention span later. So those shallow things, those quick things are expensive. They are costing you. So, and I want to make sure I say this right, because I know it can sound a little confusing, so I want to make sure it does not. So whatever requires less of your attention, those little shallow things, costs you more in terms of your overall attention benefit. And what requires more of your attention ends up costing you less. You get better and better at paying attention the more you do it with the deeper things. I know. So, and I will say this, so especially in the morning, I talk about this kind of stuff a, a lot in the podcast previously, but I will chat about it again really quickly. If when you do things, so I'm always on people to, you know, the hour of power, first thing in the morning to spin. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be 10 minutes of power. I don't care. But taking time, I have a video on YouTube. I'll link to it. You know, the best way to start your day. Um, and I have to write myself a note or I'm going to forget. So uh, I will link to it in these show notes. But uh, if you want, you can just search Abby Metcalf hour of power. Best way to start your day. I think that's what I called it. But it's like a 10 minute video I did on really starting your day with with this time. And it's why lots of successful people do it. I've been doing it for many, many, many years. And that morning time is when I'm spending time doing deeper work. I'm meditating. I'm reading things that are really going to, you know, fill my life differently. I'm uh, journaling. I'm praying. I'm, I'm do, I work. It's when I work out. I do all these things. And so I'm in these sort of deeper levels, but what's happening is I am able to keep my attention later when I have to do thick reading and when I have to, you know, when I'm writing up a podcast episode or a, a blog post, when I'm, you know, doing this deeper th stuff later, I'm able to hold my attention to it for a very long period of time. Obviously, when I'm meeting with clients, I don't have the kind of job where <laughs> I can be daydreaming during a session. I have the kind of job where the entire time I'm meeting with someone, I have to be 100% there. And actually... I have it here with you right now. I am 100% right here right now. I am not thinking of the shopping list or what I have to have for dinner or nothing. Occasionally, I think that I'm thirsty and I take a sip of water. That's about it. I am 100% here with you. And I know you feel it because I'm giving you my full attention. Even though you're not in the room with me, I know you feel it because you write to me all the time and tell me you do, which I love, by the way. And I feel it, which I love. It makes this such a special time for me. You always hear about how much I love doing this. And it's because it feels special because of the way I'm attending to you. And I like it. It, it, it fills me up. It makes me feel good. So 
that morning time and how I set it up. Now, if you're waking up first thing and you're on your phone playing games or looking at email, that's not deep work. Uh, or, you know, checking your status or, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, whatever you do, or TikTok, whatever, you know, when you're doing that, you are caught, you're creating this attention residue and you are, you are, this is an expensive thing you're doing. That's what I want you to get, especially first thing. You are setting yourself up to have less attention later. And so then what happens, of course, is that your brain, I'm going to explain more of this as the podcast goes on, your brain starts to reach for your phone and, and you get like what we call kind of a craving. And you think, then you think you need more coffee or more things to pay attention. And, you know, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And really the biggest way you can change that is just in right now, starting today, stop using your mornings, at least that first hour of your morning, really focus on yourself and doing some things that are uplifting for yourself. Just try that. I am telling you, you're going to see a change very quickly. So I really want you to examine each day kind of from a, like a cost benefit analysis. Are you spending the majority of your time on things that require more attention, but cost you less? right? Playing with your kids, reading a great book, finishing that project, focusing on your workout, or are you spending more time in the stuff that doesn't take much attention, but is expensive in the end? You know, spending time on social media, playing video games, watching three minute YouTube videos, right? Doing that kind of stuff. I, again, I have an entire podcast dedicated to your attention management uh, problems, but for, and I'll again, link to it. But for now, let me say this. Treat the information you consume like the food you put into your body. I want you to think of that. How much of it is junk or empty calories? You're consuming all the time. When you're consuming, you're bringing things in. You're listening to things. Maybe you listen to the news 24-7. Maybe, you know, you're bringing that into your person. That's what you're doing. Uh, you are anything you pay, you know, if you're shopping all day online or just aimlessly wandering around, that is where you're putting your attention and it is empty junk calories. So think about it. I want you to really think about it. I want you to think about, I, I'm not saying you can never go on social media or never, God knows I online shop, um, evidenced by my fabulous shirt, but uh, I don't, I'm very careful about it. I'm thoughtful about it. I think about when I'm doing it and I for sure, for sure, Never, ever, ever, ever do it in the first part of the day at all. If that ever comes up, it's definitely something later in my day. I don't, I don't waste my time on that stuff early because, and I don't say waste my time because it can be fun to do those things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you do it. When you're doing it so early like that, again, you're setting up that attention residue and you're getting yourself in trouble. And, you know, and because I'm saying this, I want you to keep in mind that your past doesn't equal your future. Your past equals your present. Everything you're doing now today equals your future. So even if you've had a long history of placing your attention in unhealthy places, you, you can change all that right now, right today, because what you begin to place your attention on will absolutely, absolutely blossom. It will grow. And the opposite is true. What you stop focusing on will, will wither. It'll, it'll diminish. It'll go away. That's what's so amazing because what you focus on grows. So while you're paying attention to some things and, you know, really elevating them in your vision, those things you're not paying attention to anymore will fade and become less important. And, you know, I say this a lot to people as they're trying to figure out 
sort of what to do in their lives. You know, a lot of it, we think, oh, I have to not do this. You know, I remember getting, um, you know, when I was getting clean, clean and sober, we always tell people, um, don't hang around with people, places, and things, right? P- you know, people, places, and things that were negative. And the problem is if all your friends were, you know, are using, but that's all the friends you have, it's very hard to think of just saying goodbye to everybody and not having any friends. So when I'm working with clients who are trying to do that, I say to them, don't even worry about saying goodbye or blocking everybody or doing any of that. Just focus on who you do want to be with. Start spending, you know, after maybe go to a 12-step meeting and ask someone out for coffee, you know, maybe find a sponsor and start talking to that person. In other words, you just start to focus where you do want to go. And guess what starts to happen? You have less time for your old using friends. That's what's going to happen very naturally. And you, it doesn't feel like such a loss. It's not such a black and white thing that happens. So, and I want you, you don't have to be sober to to think in that way. You know, you don't have to have been a drug addict to to think like that. Anything in your world that you're trying to, um, you know, if you're, if you really want to have a better relationship with your partner, you know, you don't have to try to fix everything that's been wrong. Instead, you know, that can come, but instead just think of one thing you do want, start focusing on that. Just it, trust me, it'll start taking up more of your time. It'll become its own domino effect. Just like thinking of negative things becomes a domino effect. Thinking of positive things becomes a domino effect. So, and the really, really the way to do this is to pay attention when you're paying attention to what's in your present moment, not what's in the past, not what already happened. You can't move forward if you're focused on the past. You you know, that sounds kind of like a bumper sticker, doesn't it? But you can't. <laughs> can't move forward if you're focused on the past. What's happened before doesn't have to have any bearing on what happens today or what happens tomorrow. In fact, again, as you focus on things from a new perspective, you actually start to change the outcome. Absolutely. And and I want to talk about two really important things that happen in your brain right here. Okay. So let's get ready. Your brain is all about two things, frequency and recency, okay? So the things you do more often, and which would obviously usually be the thing you've done more recently, if you're doing it all day, it's probably happened recently. (laughs) So the things you do more often and which were done most recently, that's what your brain pays a lot of attention to. It thinks that these things must be really important because you're doing them over and over and you just did it 10 minutes ago or this morning. So that's your brain's chemistry. That's its survival skill. It's, it's, been, it's taught to be, your brain has evolved to be very economical, meaning you know, to really just focus on what it needs to focus on, to use its resources really well. And again, if you've been focusing on something, you know, back in the day when we were hunters and gatherers, right? And we were really focused, a lot of attention on hunting. So the, the brain would say, oh, this is really important. I'm going to pay a lot of attention here. I'm going to really keep this front and center. Uh, if I'm gathering and I know that something is poisonous or not or healthy or I'm looking for mushrooms or whatever, <laughs> that could be both. Um, do you know what I mean? Your brain goes, oh, and it reminds itself, oh, we just did this yesterday and the day before and the day before that. This is really important. I'm going to put a lot of my energy and reserves here in this brain basket. So, but this kind of brain chemistry can go obviously healthy or unhealthy, right? It, in an unhealthy way, If you've been spending a lot of time playing games on your phone and it's something you do, let's say, throughout the day, I've just had a lot of clients struggling with this right now, so I'm going to talk about it, and it's something you do throughout the day, 
your brain will see this as important because it's frequent and it's recent. So guess what happens? It'll remind you to play games on your phone. <laughs> we experience, you know, you, this is what an urge or a craving is. It, this is the vicious cycle of it. Your brain thinks, oh, this is really important that we play games on the phone because we've been doing it all the time. So I'm going to remind you every chance I get, and you're going to think about it and want to do it. And you're going to want to grab your phone. Or if you've been, uh, again, on social media, whatever you've been, again, focusing on a lot and often, your brain will remind you of because it thinks it's helping you. It thinks it's reminding you to run from a tiger. That's what it thinks. It thinks it's reminding you like, oh, there's something you could eat over there. Go grab it. You know, that's what it thinks it's doing. So now the opposite is also true, okay? So let's say you want to be more mindful. Let's say we want to use this for good, not evil. Let's say this frequency and recency. So if you just tell yourself, oh, I'm going to be more mindful today. I want to be more mindful. If you've noticed, it doesn't work. What do I hear the most from clients? They say, I forget. I forgot to do it, Abby. I forgot. I forgot. You know, I got to the end of my day and realized I wasn't doing it. It doesn't work because there's no frequency or recency. It's a new behavior. So your brain is giving it nada, no importance at all. You'll, again, you'll get to the end of the day and realize that you forgot to be mindful all day. And it, suddenly maybe it'll pop in your head or you'll see something that'll remind you. So now if you've read my article on how to make mindfulness a consistent habit or listened to that episode, obviously I will link to it then you know that my favorite hack for this is to set a reminder on your phone when you're first trying to try to be mindful for three times a day. If you don't know how to set a reminder, set an alarm. I don't care. When it, go <laughs> when it goes off, so set it any three times you want. I don't care. So you wake up in the morning, maybe set it for an hour from then. You know, if you wake up at six, set it for seven, set it for uh, 11 and four. Or set it for nine, five, and nine. I don't care. You know, just spread them out during the day. And what you want to do is when you hear the reminder, when you hear the little bell go off or whatever, no, just notice where your brain was. Just notice. Trust me, it wasn't probably on the task you were doing. Most likely it was thinking of 40 other things. Uh, and just bring it back to the present. Just bring it back to the present moment. It's all you got to do. If you want to get fancier, you can do other things. I talk about that in other episodes. You know, you can see how you're feeling. You can take a deep breath. You can, there's other things you can do, but you don't have to. All you have to do goes off. I was washing the dishes, but I was already uh, thinking of the 40 things I have to do to get the kids to bed tonight. <laughs> and I wasn't just right here washing the dishes and just being in this moment of washing the dishes and how nice and warm the soap feels in my hands. And let me just bring myself back all is well. Because as I am tripping about what to do later, even if I'm not, if I don't think I'm tripping on it, I am not happy. I am starting to get anxious. I'm starting to release cortisol and adrenaline, a little epinephrine. You know, I'm starting to release these things because I am, you know, thinking about things I have to do. When the brain thinks about that, it starts to get a little revved up. So you're upsetting yourself without even realizing that's what you're doing. You think you're quote unquote fine and you're really not. And beyond that, as you're sitting there, which I've talked about a million times, but let's say your partner walks in the room at that moment while you're thinking of the, all the things you have to do later, and maybe they want to have sex. Maybe they're like, you know, coming up behind you, like, you know, patting your ass, giving you a little rub or something, right? And you're thinking of all these things you got to do. You're like, I can't have, what are you doing? Like, I have a million things to do. Get off of me, you know? And this is the problem. 
as opposed to you don't have to worry about all those things. You could have a quickie by the dryer and come back and it's all good. Or you're just washing the dishes. Hey, great. I don't have to keep washing these dishes. Let's go do it. Um, whatever. Or you could still maybe say, hey, but let's do that later because you're more in a presence of mind. And then you rush with the things you have to do with the kids so you can get to the sex. You do you know what I'm saying? Any, all of it changes it. But so much of what we do is not realizing that we're d- doing it. And that becomes the problem. Not realizing that our emotions, you, again, you feel the way you think. If you're thinking about a bunch of stuff you have to do, or if you're thinking about the past and something you regret, whatever it is, you are less happy. You are not feeling the same. And we know this from, again, I list all the research in other posts, so I don't really want to spend a lot of time on that here. But we know from the research that you are less happy if your mind is wandering. End of story. End of story. Even if you're wandering and you're thinking about things that you think are happy, what they found from the research, this is uh, mostly Matt Killingsworth's research, if you haven't seen his TED Talk yet, you should, uh, shows that we are less happy, even if we think we're thinking of happy things, than we would be if we had just been in our moments. So there you go. So again, the more you do this, the more you bring your mind back, the more you you know practice this little, I call it the like you know alarm game here. The more you do this, the more the brain sees it as important because you're doing it frequently, right? Three times a day, you're setting the reminders on your phone and you've done it recently. If you did it three times a day, then you just did it a few hours ago, likely. And here's what happens 100% of the time. I'm telling you, I guarantee it's going to happen. In just a few days, sometimes even the same day, people notice that even when the reminder doesn't alert you, even when the phone doesn't go off, you'll find yourself noticing your thoughts and being mindful of yourself. Your brain will tap you on the shoulder. It'll be like, hey, aren't you supposed to be noticing? <laughs> and there you go. You did it. You've you've literally trained your brain for good in that moment. And, you know, I do all this mindfulness activity and I, I, I set intentions during the day and I do all the things. And even I, because it's a practice. It's not something that you get to where you're done. I will find times when I'm just noticing I'm not very mindful, you know, in general. And I go back to this exercise. I set the reminders on my phone for three times a day when this happens. And it gets me right back into the flow, right back in. Now, when the reminders go off, do not make it wallpaper. Don't just turn it off every time. You know, if you're in a meeting, don't think, oh, I can't do it. Do it. They don't care. Turn it off and take a minute and do it. Notice where you were and come back. You probably weren't listening anyway in the meeting because you probably had a wandering mind. <laughs> so it's really, really important. So what you place your attention on elevates that thing again. And what you take your attention away from, again, think about that, Makes it, it diminishes it, lessens it. So it really is that simple. Okay. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. <laughs> so. Again, when you notice that you're having trouble quieting, you know, uh, uh, your thoughts, you can check. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At that point, you should probably check out my article now that I think about it. Check out my article on silencing your inner critic. Do that. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that for a long time here. But just when you're noticing that, you know, again, bring it back to center, bring it back to now. Because wherever your attention is, you're giving power, either consciously or unconsciously, to that thing. And it, so, really, what I want you to do is pay attention to your attention. Look at where it is. It's, I say it a lot, it's the most valuable gift you can give to anyone, to your partner, to a coworker, to your kid, to yourself. Imagine noticing if you're in a, argument with a colleague at work or they're or let's even say they're just saying something that's making you uncomfortable and you notice and you do something about it either take yourself out of the situation or say something like hey I'm uncomfortable with this conversation or that's taking care of yourself and you don't that's the most beautiful thing you could do for yourself you're giving attention to your feelings to your thoughts to where you are and it's really going to help change your relationships i mean in a in a huge way you're, as you put your attention places, your energies, you know, direct you. That's what happens. What I've used this uh, metaphor before, but it's true. They've done, they've they've interviewed the winningest race car, Success Magazine did this years ago. They interviewed the winningest race car drivers. And you know what they all had in common? Know what they all had in common? Raced around that little track. They never look at the wall (laughs) because they know that wherever you're looking, that's where the car is going to go. I, I remember taking motorcycle riding lessons. Guess what? It's the first thing he said to me. First thing. Got on the thing, got on the bike, and he goes, here's all you need to know. Wherever you're looking, the bike's going to go. So look only where you want it to go. Don't look anywhere else. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's the truth. So this is how you have to treat your attention in your relationships. You need to look at where you want it to be, where you want to go. Not where you don't want to be, but that's where we end up spending a lot of our attention. Focusing, again, on your partners, I don't know, on their short temper, on their forgetfulness, on, you know, your sister's lateness, on your boss's uh, unfairness is like focusing on the wall. If it's helped you, I don't think you'd be listening right now. If, If it was so helpful to focus on how, you know, annoying these things are, Uh, You'd be feeling fabulous and great and happy every day, and you would not be wasting your time listening to Abby. You wouldn't need to. So you know what I'm saying is true. It's not helpful. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Focusing on how unfair your mother is is like focusing on the wall. Playing uh, revenge fantasies about that coworker is like focusing on the wall. Nothing good will come of it. And you're not going to win the race, to be really cute with my metaphor. You're, you're going to end up crashing, crashing and burning. It's all that's going to happen. And it's going to slow you down from where you want to go. It's even if you don't hit the wall, it's going to really slow you down. So you got to take a minute and think about where your focus is. And let me say this. 
right now, think about where, like before you were in a love relationship, if you're in one right now, or if you want one, I want you to think right now about this. Before you were in it, where was your focus? Right? You're, you're focused on getting into one. <laughs> Maybe you're putting, you know, ads somewhere or posts. Sorry, it's not ads anymore. My day it was. You know, you have dreams maybe of marriage and of kids or growing old with someone you love. You might have spent a lot of time placing, you know, you know, signing up for match or whatever, or these online dating, speaking to your friends, your sister about it. You might have talked to your a coworker, best whatever. Maybe you start eating well and exercising. No matter what, no matter what's going on, it's a, it's a lot of attention. Think about it, isn't it? Isn't it a lot of attention? When you're dreaming about being in a relationship, you're not focused on the negative. You're not imagining you know, future fights you're going to have. You're not imagining dirty socks on the floor. You No, I know. No, you're not. You're imagining romance, the sex, laughter, connection, being out with friends and all laughing together. You're imagining all the good stuff. That's what you're doing. Now, I want you to fast forward right now to a romantic relationship you're either in or you've been in. Is it the same? Is it? Are you constantly focusing on the good stuff? <laughs> Are you constantly just so grateful you're in the relationship and so happy to be together and, and just enthusiastic and looking forward to the next thing? Or are you focused more on the bad stuff? Now, and I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. I get it. You, you can't, you know, you might say, well, I can't just focus on the good stuff. Well, by the way, you kind of can. But beyond that, listen to my episode on how to, you know, the research behind long lasting, happy relationships. But beyond that, is it at least the majority that you're focused on the good stuff? It, you know, day to day, your appreciation, your gratitude, your love, your kindness, your gentleness. Is that what's leading the way the vast majority of the time? If, you know, 10% of the time you're on the, I'll even give you 20% on the bad stuff, then okay, you know, and you're bringing your attention back from that, hey, no problem. You know, you're never going to get rid of uh, focusing on negative things or, you know, you, that don't ever try that because that's the whole point. You know, you, you of course, they're going to be presented to you and then it's you, it's where you go with it. It's what you do about it and it's how quickly you do it. And I'm going to say this really quick because I just mentioned that podcast episode. We know from the research that you've got to be a little delusional to have a happy, satisfying, long-term relationship, right? You've got to consistently turn your attention to all those wonderful aspects of your partner and really turn away from your complaining, you know, judgments about it. Again, I'll link to that pot, to that episode. And let me just say the same is true of your job. Think about, if you think about it right now, anytime you've been unemployed, you're completely focused on getting a job. That's what you're focused on. You're going into all your interviews, showing your best self. You're ready to say yes to just about anything. And then you get the job and you're grateful for a little bit. You're hopeful, you're excited. And then fast forward six months or a year. Are you still appreciative about your position? Or are you focusing on some coworker you hate or how unfair it is that Jill got promoted ahead of you or whatever? You know, <laughs> It happens everywhere. It's just a case of noticing it and bringing it back. Okay. That's what we're doing here. So attention, 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 mindfulness, 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 so that you can see where your attention is. Okay. And so, like I said, attention is just one of, right, these two powerful assets you have. So let's talk about our second one, intention. And this is big. 
Intention is everything. You're, you can't, you have an amazing relationship because you know where it's going. And setting intention is like setting a goal of some sort. That's what it is. Each day, all day, for each of your relationships, right? It's not like you'd go into work and just think, oh, I want to be happy here or, you know, in your love relationship. I just want to be happy. It's not enough. You, you need to get specific, right? You know, they say, be, caref be careful what you wish for. You might get it. That's what happens when you're not specific. So you need to be very clear about what you want and setting intention is the way to do it. When you change your intention, you end up, your actions change. That's what happens. So. And I think a difficult piece for a lot of my clients and other people to understand is that, again, you need to focus on what you want and not what you don't want. And so I do want to say this when it comes to intention, okay? you Number one, you got to stop complaining. <laughs> when you're complaining, you are putting a lot of attention on something unwanted because you don't complain. That's the whole point of complaining. You're not talking about something you want. So you're putting a lot of attention on something unwanted. Uh, and you are literally kind of setting an intention without realizing it. You're setting an intention of noticing the thing you don't like. That's what you're doing right there. You're setting an intention. I'm going to notice all day long this thing that I already don't like that I'm telling all my friends about. What happens with complaining, like any other activity, and again, I did a whole episode on complaining, so I'll also link that in the podcast notes in the episode, but like any other activity, when you complain, when you do anything, it activates neurons in the brain and it trains them to remember the pattern. So every time you complain, you're teaching your brain to fire the same mental pattern which creates neural pathways just for complaining about Ted at work or how ungrateful your spouse is or whatever it is. You literally start making highways in your brain for that. Every time you do something or have a thought repeatedly, you're wiring your brain. You don't have a choice. Don't have a choice about it. What you do have a choice about is what you wire it for. We... You know, we say what fires together, wires together. We, you know, uh, Hebert, uh, famous neurologist, said that first. But when you're wiring your brain, when you're thinking about things, that's all you're doing. It's why people get really good, let's say, at playing guitar. If I don't have, like, I don't play guitar. So if I sat down to play, it would be tough, right? I don't have any neural programming for it. But if I practiced every single day playing guitar, I'd get better and better and better and better. That's what happens. If you keep practicing, you get better because the neural pathways get laid. And now <laughs> the neural pathways have sex. No, just kidding. They get laid. Uh, hey, I can make jokes. Hang in there. So they get laid down, right? You're just like, you're making these roads in your brain and you start to really put pavement on them and really, you know, get them really entrenched. And then obviously people can become, you know, guitar virtuosos or whatever, like if you do it enough. That's how the brain works. It gets easier over time. You can wire your brain for video games. You can wire it for a lot of things by what you repeat, okay? So if you're complaining, same thing. You're wiring it. Just You're going to get excellent at it, just like you would if you practice guitar every day. So, so stop it. 
Okay. <laughs> and learn how to stop complaining. Listen to the other episode. The other thing I want you to stop doing, so you have to stop complaining. And the other thing, you know, to set intention well and to really get a hold of your attention, okay, is stop telling the same story about your relationship. Just, just oh, the stories or about your life or whatever. Stop telling the same story because when you repeat that story over and over, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because your brain has a confirmation bias, which means you'll look for evidence to prove yourself right. I know. <laughs> so there has to be a place where you stop. I should say you stop telling the negative stories. If you want to tell positive stories, tell them all day. Tell the wonderful stories all day. But when you just, you know, it, it really, and that takes me into, you know, when you say things like he never does X, she does Y all the time, and this is not something you like. Again, you're training your brain to look for those things. You're telling it to pay a lot of attention to that and to look for it. And our, our brains can't think in the negative. So what you focus on, you get. If you focus on, you know, uh, I don't want debt, all your brain hears is I want debt, 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 debt. When you say, I wish my mother would stop nagging me, your brain hears, oh, my mother's nagging me, my mother's nagging me. Look for nagging, look for nagging. That's how it works. And you're going to see it. You're going to see proof of it over and over. You're... Your brain is just thinks with the messages you give it. That's all it does. So instead of thinking and focusing on what you don't want, you got to th think and focus on what you do want. Not only will you get to where you want to go, but you're going to feel better. Because <laughs> remember, we feel the way we think. This in turn will have you acting differently. And that brings so much more of what you want anyway. And I'm going to repeat something now that I've, you know, talked about quite a bit, which is that our brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second, while our, our conscious brains, while our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So people are hearing what you mean, not always what you say. So your words don't always mean a lot. It's what you're, what's behind there. And if that's the emotion behind it, you know, what you're really feeling in the same way that you know, when someone is bullshitting you, you can tell usually. Because you can kind of pick up on it. You know, they're saying all the right things, but you pick up on something else. So this is happening as you're going out in the world. If you're complaining, complaining, you're just like, well, I didn't say anything to them. I didn't let them know I was upset. Yeah, they knew. You knew, they knew, everybody knew. Uh, who wants to know? They might have ignored it, but they know. You know, people pick up on this stuff. So you have to remember that. You've really got to align and make sure that you're unconscious, that, you know, you're really sending it, these messages over and over that, to look for good things. That other thing that I've talked about a million times is your reticular activating system or your RAS for short, which is a conduit, a message center between your conscious and your unconscious mind. So when you think something consciously, your RAS, your reticular activating system, sends it to your unconscious as a message to look for that thing. So if I'm thinking, I'm complaining about something, oh, my partner always never says thank you. They never say thank you. They don't appreciate me. And I'm talking about that over and over. I'm telling all the stories about how true it is. Guess what happens? My RAS, you know, sends that as an order to my subconscious to look for my partner not appreciating me. And it'll find it. It'll find evidence everywhere. And here's the scary part of your RAS. It will filter out anything that doesn't match. So when your partner is appreciative, when they do say thank you, when they do tell you how great you are, you won't notice. You are Teflon for the good. 
And you know this part, you're thinking to yourself, that's not true. That can't. Yes, it's true. Your brain, this is what it does. You don't realize it, but it is. It doesn't make it any less true just because you don't realize it. You know this is true because you've had a fight with your partner or at work or with a friend where you said something like, you don't appreciate me. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, thank you yesterday for this. And I I went out and got you this gift and I did this and I did that. And and you, you just dismiss it. You don't go, oh, you're right. You really appreciate me. You don't. I know because I'm in couple sessions with you <laughs> or I'm listening to you on my end. You, you're like, well, that didn't count or this is this. You make your what you think true. You make it true. That's, again, that confirmation bias. So you have psychological things working against you, like confirmation bias, and you have physical, biological things working against you, like this 50 versus 11 million bits and your RAS. I know. And this frequency and recency in the brain. So you've got to work on it. You've got to be thinking often, right? And here's how you do it, getting back to that frequency and recency. So you, if you set intention often, it will help you and help your attention. These are when the two things kind of come together. It will help your attention focus on what's good, what you do want, where you're going, and it'll align those 50 and 11 million bits. That's what's so great about it. It'll get you in that state. And setting intention is easy. It, I call it the 18 second shift. I've talked about it before. I'm going to talk about it again. I actually have a fabulous video on this on YouTube called the, I think the 18 second shift. And I, why do I call it the 18 second shift? Because I've timed it because I'm insane because I'm a nutty Jewish mother, crazy therapist person. And I timed it. I, I think I timed it like 50 times that one. I've done, I've done this a few times <laughs> where I'll time it over and over to see. And it takes an average. It always comes back to about 18 seconds. So if you don't have 18 seconds, I love you, but I can't help you. I'm not sure what to say anymore. I really aren't. I'm really not. 18 seconds. And literally, all you got to do is you stop whatever you're doing. Maybe take a little breath. You don't even have to do it that special if you don't want to. And you set intention. That's what you do. So I've talked about this before. I set intention, you know, I set intention before I did this episode today. I sat in my office. You know, I'm here in my office, my fabulous office. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, I sat down and before I start, I actually, before I sit down, I jump up and down here in my office. Yes, I do. Then I sit down, I, I reapply my makeup and, <laughs> you know, my, make sure my hair looks cute. And then I, I set intention. My, and today I, uh, my intention is to be of great service. My intention is, actually my intention today was to be really thoughtful about what I was saying and not repeat myself. You know, make sure that I was really intentional and not repeating myself more than I wanted to. I knew there's always some things I repeat on purpose, believe it or not, because people need to hear things a few times to get it. But I don't want to, you know, really repeat and, you know, the same thing over and over like I'm doing right now. <laughs> I just noticed it mindful. So uh, I set intention to be loving, to be kind. Like this is what I do. Before I walk in, before I, when I get to my car, before I drive away, I set an intention to drive safe. That's what I do. And to be calm and to be happy. Before I uh, pick up my daughter from softball practice, which I'm going to do later, I sit in the car. I'm waiting for her. I'm setting an intention to be, to give her my full attention when she gets in the car, to not be distracted by anything else. Again, do your intention with what you want, not what you don't want. So I don't set an intention of, 
don't be distracted. That's not, <laughs> I set an intention of having, giving her my full, undivided, loving, embraced attention. Uh, sometimes my intention is to be fun, to be connecting, to be uh, enthusiastic, to have high energy. I set intention for all kinds of things. Uh, Gary and I have a date later. I'm going to set an intention to be sexy. You better believe it, baby. That's right. I'm going to, I am, I'm going to set, an, I'm telling you right now, Gary doesn't listen, so we can talk about him. I'm going to set an intention to flirt. Yes, I am. I'm going to set an intention to uh, really have fun, to really connect, to make sure that the whole time we're together, that I give him my undivided attention. That's what I'm going to do. And I set intention multiple times a day, like all day long, pretty much every time I call this intention chunking. And again, I did a a whole episode on it. Um, but I think about each point in the day and where I can, um, anytime I kind of am switching an activity, I try to set intention. So think of yourself right now before you walk in the door, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you work outside your home and you come home before you see your kids, before you see everybody, instead of, you know, oh, I'm thinking about work and all the things and I rush in the house and I just want to get my feet up or I just want to do this and I got to start dinner, whatever it is. Instead, you stop, sit in your car for a minute or on your bike or on your walk in, whatever, and just stop before you get in the door. I'm setting an intention to be patient. And patient is one I said a lot because I'm a little impatient. I know you didn't notice that, so I'm giving you a big window into me. Um, I set intention to be patient a lot, uh, to be thoughtful, to be to slow my roll. I do that a lot because I move kind of fast. So when you come in the house with that, that 50 versus 11 million bits, boy, people pick up on it. They know they can feel you. Trust me. When I, what, you know, what's interesting. I've worked with uh, a few. Um, I, I guess you would call them supermodels. I've had a couple supermodels. I have one right now in my practice. and uh, But I've had a few over the years, three or four, I would say. Uh, very, I don't know if supermodels is the right word, but uh, well, the one for sure. But certainly very high paid models. Like this is what they do for a living. And you know what they do when they model <laughs> is they always make sure that there's a thought in their head. They don't just think about nothing. So if they're, you know, walking down a Victoria's Secret runway, you better believe they're thinking about sex. They're thinking that they are sex, that they want to have sex, that they're, you know, that's what they're, th they're not there thinking about how bored they are, trust me, or they wouldn't be on, the, they wouldn't be doing very well. The, the best model, they have thoughts in their head. They're thinking like, who's my character here? What am I doing right here? What's my intention? They, and that's what carries through a photo. That's what carries through. Because you know when you've seen bad models, how you can tell that they just, it's like, ew. It's actually cringeworthy a little bit when you see a picture with a bad model. It doesn't feel good. Um, it feels like, ew, like you can kind of see it. And it's the same way if somebody's not acting well, you can kind of hear them saying the lines. It doesn't, it's not fun. And so, you, you know, because there's a thought involved, they're, they're in there, they're really embodying something. And that's what I want you to do. So when you bring that into your home, when you bring that into your work, do that before you get into your job, when you bring that before you start a new project or switch tasks to a new meeting, imagine doing that before you go into that meeting you hate. You know that meeting you just can't stand? Yeah. Set intention before you go in. Things work out differently. 
I've even trained most of the people I work with to set, you know, change the culture at work where everybody sets an intention before the meeting, you know, to go around and say, hey, what's everybody's intention right now in this meeting? What do you want to do? And meetings are more productive. People are happier in them. They go faster. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are more, again, their attention gets focused. And now the intention is there. And that's where those two things marry and magic friggin' happens. So if you're looking to feel happy, to, to transform your moments and what's happening in your life, this is what you do. You focus on your attention and getting it in the here and now and being with wherever you are. And you set intention as often as possible. Okay. Ta-da! We did it. That is it for today, my my beautiful, beautiful loves. I am, as always, grateful and appreciative that you're here, that you listen to the end. How exciting. If you haven't yet, please, uh, you know, again, leave a review or uh, rate on Spotify or go over to, even if you don't watch me on YouTube, go over and subscribe to the channel. What could it hurt? Go go like a video or two. Do Do the right, do the thing. Well, everything's the right thing. Uh, Please do the thing. It helps me out. And I sincerely appreciate it. Like, I sincerely appreciate you being here and uh, spending your time with me. It's um, one of the great gifts of my life has been this podcast. So, see, I'm getting choked up. And I wouldn't have it without you. So thank you so much. I love you. Love you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.